Here's Brother John. He shares the gospel among Tibetan Buddhists. God is at work in this world today. He's at work in places where it is hard, um, sometimes in, in ways that is very different maybe from here and um, quite incredible the way God is at work in, in some of those really hard places. Today we will hear story after story about exciting ways that God is at work in some of those hard places. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on the Voice of the Martyrs radio network. There's no better way to say goodbye to the old year, to say hello to the new year, than right here with us on the Voice of the Martyrs radio. We're looking back to some of the most moving moments here on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio in 2022. We'll see how God has revealed the truth of the gospel, even in places where it's hard to proclaim the gospel publicly. I think these stories will encourage us to pray bold prayers in 2023, and these stories will encourage us to share the truth of the gospel with the people who are around us as well. Let's start with Tim and Dawn. They are gospel workers in South Asia. They work with believers sharing the gospel among people of many different faiths, Hindus, Buddhists, Muslims, and others. They use a method that Jesus used, telling stories. They share stories from the Bible to get the attention of people in South Asia. Then they invite the people who want more stories to read the Bible for themselves. So I think recently uh, in our group, one of the stories that was told was Moses coming off the top of the mountain and seeing that the Israelites had uh, fashioned this golden calf, and he breaks the tablets. And then there's this whole uh, discourse or conversation about the fact that they had become idol worshipers, and this was upsetting to God. We have to back up and say, okay, now an idol is... Anything, any person, anything that we would put in front of God and value that as more important. And so a young Uber driver that one of our team members had caught an Uber one day, invited him to come for a story time. And then he finally looks at myself and a guy on our team and he said, I don't know, but I think just maybe that when I'm going to the Buddhist temple, that there are people in that temple that are worshiping idols. And I said, really? And he said, I think so. And what you're telling me is that that completely displeases your God. And I'm going to have to think about this. And that's what we're trying to do. You know, we don't resolve every conflict or everything that they're thinking. We just many times let it sit because we know that the word of God is active Mm -hmm. and the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And what he wants to teach them may not even be through the words, the Western cultural viewpoint that I'm coming from. He may want to show them a totally different way. And so we just try to walk through that with them. Tim and Dawn have seen the power of God's word at work in the life of people in South Asia. Brother Malik also experienced the power of God's word in Africa. He grew up as a Muslim and a part of the Fulani tribe. In high school, he traveled to a new area to attend school. 
a missionary, started reading the Bible with him, and God drew Malik's heart. First time that I, I met this missionary, and first thing that he told me it is he, to ask me if I want to do Bible study. When I started reading, you know, from Genesis, you know, I just the first time that I know that God created the world in six days. And this is what he did the first day, this is what he did the second day, and the third day. I was so excited about it. I read the Bible ten times, even before I became a Christian. And during this five years journey, I was watching the life of the missionaries. You know, they was loving and caring. So I started crying out to God. And one night, you know, I see, I see Jesus standing in front of me, you know, and I ask him this question, are you the one that I need to follow, or did I need to follow somebody else? He quoted the verses, John 14, verse 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one is not going to the Father without passing through. I nailed down and accepted Jesus Christ as my personal server. I was sold out to Jesus. All my parents and my family rejected me, and they didn't want to talk to me for two years. Nobody even <laughs> didn't want to shake my hand. I uh, remember one of my younger brothers, who is a science teacher today, he told me this. He said to me, Malik, you brought shame to our community. You brought shame to our family. Not only you are a Christian, but you are trying to make others Christian. But today, we praise God after watching um, uh, my work with Jesus and all the things that is happening and the Lord is using us. And uh, today, they are very proud of me. Brother Malik now helps lead a ministry called Spirit of Martyrdom in Northwest Africa, training gospel workers to go out to keep sharing the gospel there. We're looking back over the past year and listening to some of the most moving moments here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. I'm Todd Nettleton. We've been hearing exciting stories of people coming to faith in Christ in various parts of the world. In many places, that newfound faith comes at a high cost. Soner Tufan came to faith in Christ in Turkey. He now leads Radio Shema, a Christian radio station there, and he regularly receives threats for sharing the hope he's found in Christ. Five years ago, ISIS uh, sent a threat, threatening letter to me, 14 pages threatening letter. It was saying that you deserve to die. I lived for three months with policemen, 24 hours every wow. day. And uh, they give me some education. How can you understand there is a bomb in your car? <laughs> <laughs> when you have difficulties, you hold more stronger than before. And it will be good because if God let that, it will be good finally. Things aren't all that different for Victor Kalasher. He's the director of the Israel Bible Society in Jerusalem. And some people are very uh, jealous about that. And they can do things that, uh, you know, even uh, things like burning our place. I mean, I got threats like that, that they're going to do that. Nasty articles about us, uh, even specifically with my name and so on there. It's not pleasant, you know, because you never know what can happen. Victor Kalasher and the Israel Bible Society are working to provide Bibles in Israel. You may wonder, is that a huge need? At least the Old Testament is written in Hebrew. And modern-day Israelis should understand it, right? The problem is the language has changed over the centuries. Modern-day Israelis need an updated translation with notes 
to explain how the meanings of different words have changed in the last 2,000 years. For most Israelis, 99.9%, it's a huge challenge and sometimes it's impossible because it's the only text that we have in Hebrew is 2,700 years old. And many words that are in the Bible are used in Hebrew, in modern Hebrew, but they have totally different meaning. So it's even worse because you think that you understand right. what, it, what it says, but actually it means something else. We're working actually on a translation uh, so that we'll bring the Bible in a very faithful way, as literal as possible in modern language. It's a huge task and a huge challenge, but it's a must do that has the meaning of the difficult words explained at the bottom of each page. So it's not a full translation, but it is a great resource and tool to help you understand the Bible. That's Victor Kalasher from the Israel Bible Society as we are looking back on the most moving moments from Voice of the Martyrs Radio in 2022. Brother Hael grew up as part of the Druze community in the Middle East, and he also discovered the hope of the gospel of Jesus. Like so many others we've heard from today, he paid a high price when he was expelled from his community. Well, I'm unbeliever, so whatever God plan, uh, he's with me, so nobody can be against me. This is number one. And secondly, I'm, I'm taking it wisely, and I think about everything nicely, that not to hurt nobody and not to be against nobody as well, even if some people are against me. I left where I used to stay, and I live in different uh, town now. And I'm doing fine. I'm happy with uh, the way how I am. I'm happy that I'm Christian. I knew the Lord. So I'm happy with that. Even though there's been a lot of sacrifice. Yes. For me, it's uh, nothing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all, the, all the disciples, they paid the price. Brother Hale now shares the gospel with Jews people using a variety of media outreaches. His colleague, Brother Dan, gives us a little more detail about the sacrifice our dear brother made for the sake of the gospel. One of the things that uh, Jesus warned his disciples was that uh, they will throw you out of the synagogues. What's not really well understood, I think, in the West is that the synagogue was the community. It wasn't just the building where you went to go worship God. It was actually the whole community system. And what Hale has been humble about talking about is that they cast him out of his community. And so as Jesus was talking to the disciples in a Jewish context about being thrown out of the synagogue, Hale was thrown out of his community. And so that's one of the most difficult things is that although he, he is a follower of Jesus Christ and, a, and he proclaims his name, he still is Druze. He's, he's, he's from, a, he's from that, that location. And so he was thrown out of that. And, and it's, a, it's not an easy thing to be thrown out of your community. Brother Dan has a vision for many more from among the Druze community to come to know Jesus as Savior and Lord. So he encourages each of us to pray. 
I'm reminded of the story about how a, a group of 10 ladies got together and were praying for an African nation back in the 70s, and they didn't know really anything about the nation. They just felt that the Lord wanted them to pray. And after about five years, that nation had gone through a civil war and all this other stuff. But all of a sudden, there was all this, all these people who started becoming believers. That is the kind of thing that prayer does. It's artillery. It's like uh, it, it, it softens up the ground for the incursion of the gospel. As we enter this new year, 2023, would you make that commitment to pray? Pray about the countries that you're hearing about today here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Almost every week, we share ways that you can pray. I, I ask almost every single guest, okay, how can we pray? And you can also get The Voice of the Martyrs free magazine. That also gives you ways to pray. You can sign up for the magazine at our website, vomradio.net. Again, that website, vomradio.net. We're reviewing some of the most moving moments here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio from 2022. Earlier this year, Brother Silas told us about growing up in Turkmenistan. He was raised in a Muslim family, but he also grew up under communism. And so he felt the pressure to be an atheist. But neither of those worldviews satisfied him. I didn't have this peace in my heart. Still, my heart was empty and meaningless. And the moment I, I accepted Christ into my heart, I experienced this peace and joy I never experienced before. Brother Silas found hope in Jesus Christ. It was a hope he never found in the communism or the Islam that he learned growing up in Turkmenistan. But after choosing to follow Christ, he faced constant pressure to keep quiet about that hope. They wrote an article about me saying I'm criminal leader of these sects, you know, you know, betrayer that like works for the foreign governments and they, you know, trying to smear you, your name. Another time they arrested me, then they came uh, into our apartment and my wife and two children, three, four years old, they throw them into the street, all our belongings. They, they sealed our doors and banned us to, to enter, and we were like homeless, didn't know where to go. You know, all our belongings were on the streets, my wife crying with the two baby. Yeah, different ways of, uh, you know, increasing pressure more and more. Rami Ayad felt that pressure as well. He was a banker in Gaza City, but the Lord called him to work full-time for the Bible Society and share the hope of the gospel. His wife, Pauline, tells us about the price her husband paid for that decision. A month before he was killed, a sheikh, imam, came to him and told him, I want you to convert to Islam. But Rami told him, I cannot convince you to be a Christian, but you cannot convince me to be a Muslim. Then he threatened him. The imam told Rami, I know how to make you a Muslim. When Rami told him this, he was happy. I was afraid. I asked him, you are not afraid? He told me, like, what they can do. The only thing they can do is kill me, and then I will be killed for Christ. He was happy, and he was speaking like he was ready. After Rami was killed, I remember his life a month or two before he got killed, God was preparing him to do this, and Rami was ready for this. 
He didn't share with me about the threat at the time. Just two days before they kidnapped him, he shared that story with me. So he was not afraid, but you were afraid. I was terrified, not afraid, terrified. How did you find out that Rami had been kidnapped? It was Thursday, October 4th. He told me that a car was following him and looked at him all the way to the house. He looked at them and recognized them. They were looking at him in a way that made him afraid. Hatred? Yes, hatred. He got afraid from their look. Wow. Friday, Rami's sister heard him get a phone call. She heard him say, what you want from me? I don't know you. Saturday, he went uh, to his job. At four o'clock, he needed to go back home. When he didn't arrive, I called to ask about him. He told me, I'm going on a trip. We knew that Rami is kidnapped. I spoke with a pastor of the church, with the Bible Society, and all of them started to look for Rami. At six o'clock, someone called me from Rami's phone. I told him, I want to clear answer. Where are you? He told me I am on a long trip and it will take a long time. But it was Rami's voice? It was Rami who was talking? Yeah, it was Rami. This was the last time I heard his voice. Uh, At six in the morning, Rami's brother called me. Uh, He told me that they found Rami killed. And they already talked to the police, and the police found his body. Did you feel like God had let you down? At the beginning, yes. Um, At the beginning, I blamed God. Uh, At that time, we had bought a new home. Uh, We were just preparing it and getting the house ready to move. I was pregnant four months, and Rami was studying at the university in his last semester. So I started crying Why? Why God in this time? Nothing is complete yet. God, why this happening to me now? But God right away gave me a verse. Everything worked together for good for those who love God. But back then, I refused the verse. What the good thing that will come through killing my husband? A few years after her husband was killed, Pauline attended a conference called The Real Forgiveness. The speaker at the conference encouraged people, hey, if you need to forgive someone, come to the front right now and we will pray for you. Then it was time that I needed to hear the voice of God and obey. I thought, I will just go and just see what they are doing in front. The minute I got there, the Holy Spirit filled me. I was crying Then I fell down. The last day of the conference, he asked us to close our eyes and pray to forgive those people that made bad things in our lives, to forgive them. So I closed my eyes and I was praying. Uh, All the stories that I had been through came in front of my eyes. Uh, I was crying a lot uh, because a lot of people put their hands on me. Um, I pray saying, I I want to forgive these people and let them free from my life. When I opened my eyes, I felt like I was a new person. Uh, I went to my house 
and forgive. When I got home from that conference, I felt like that I am praying in a deep way. I felt like a different person. Then after I forgave, God opened the ways for ministry that I wanted to do from before, but I couldn't know or figure out how. But then God opened the way for me to start doing it. In 2015, after and after 10 years, uh, I was sitting uh, and my sister called me and told me, you know, the one who killed Rami, they found him. She sent me a report. I was with my son, George, the oldest. Uh, when I saw what the man looked like, it was like for a minute, I lost my, my forgiveness. But right away, God stopped me. And he told me, remember, in your testimony, you spoke about how God used him that Rami got killed for Christ. Then I did a post on Facebook. I renewed my forgiveness to him. I asked for forgiveness and blessing for him and his life. And you posted that on Facebook? Yes. I hope you'll visit the archives and listen to my entire interview with Pauline Ayad. It is a powerful story that will encourage you to discover the freedom of forgiveness. You can hear that episode and all the stories that we've shared today when you visit our website, vomradio.net, or search for The Voice of the Martyrs Radio on your favorite podcast app. We're looking back to some of the most moving moments of 2022 here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. One of my personal favorite interviews, and, and I'm biased, but one of my personal favorite interviews of the year included my wife, Shar. We had the privilege of traveling to the Middle East together to meet persecuted Christians. And when we got home, Shar joined me here in the studio to talk with our VOM Radio family about some of the people we met, the amazing stories we heard from Christians in the Middle East. We met a couple of people who experiencing family persecution, and one of them just so happened to be the same age as our oldest son. 27 years old. And his own family tried to kill him. Three separate times. He wants his family to be believers, so he's staying in contact with them. In fact, I think he lives close there with them. But he, he can't abandon them because he wants to bring them to the Lord, too. The other family situation that we heard about was that we met the wife of a Muslim man who has—she's come to faith. He has not. She has basically been abused for more than a decade following Jesus. And our host, who was helping facilitate the interview, just flat-out asked her. He's like, well, why don't you leave? Why don't you leave your husband? He's doing all these terrible things to you. Why don't you just get out for your own protection? And she said, I have daughters. Teenage daughters that I don't want them to be married to a Muslim. I have to stay so to protect stay. my daughters. I mean, she literally is sacrificing her life just to try to protect her daughters from facing the same thing she's going through now. I mean, she would sit and sob telling us that, that he beat her on the regular and all these different things. But then in the next breath... I'm so thankful that I have Jesus and I can raise my kids that way and pretty astounding. It was, yeah, that that interview I think will stick with both of us for a long time because her pain was so real and so evident, but also her faith and the fact that, that Jesus is with her even in the midst of that. 
We've been looking back at some of the most moving moments of 2022 here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio, and I think we can take away some important principles from the stories that we've heard today. First, God is at work. He's at work even in the hardest places in the world, and we get to join him. We get to be involved in the work that he's doing. People have a hunger, and they are searching for truth. We need to take every opportunity to share the hope the Lord has given us, to pray with someone, to encourage someone, to talk to someone about Jesus. I think another principle that's come out again and again is that, you know, even though being involved in the Lord's work is difficult, it's worth the cost. We've heard example after example of that today and really throughout the past year. You'll be encouraged even more to remember these truths when you listen to the entire conversations we've had with these guests. They're available on our website, vomradio.net, or simply search for The Voice of the Martyrs Radio wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're excited to hear what the Lord does in the coming year as well. Be sure to join us every single week in 2023 right here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.